listening to the Paracasual Destiny Podcast, episode 37. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Paracasual Destiny Podcast live over the YouTubes. It is Saturday. July something or another, I believe it's the 17th, and I'm Sewell Time, and I'm joined by Green Stego, Romance Girl, and Sally Bug this morning. How is everybody? I'm doing well. Doing okay? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Mm. Not too shabby, not too groggy. Mmm... Easy to be oh, groggy on a good. rainy morning like this morning up here in Maine, anyway. Mm. Oh, man. Lots to talk about. It's been two weeks since we last uh, did this, and so a lot has transpired. Of course, it's summertime for us, which means uh, we're not teaching right now. Uh, so it gives us a little extra time to get uh, down and dirty with the Destiny 2 franchise, right? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely more Destiny My favorite time, franchise. Is... <laughs> and it's been nice. And it's the Solstice of Heroes. Uh, yeah. It is yeah. the Solstice of Heroes once again. Way to spill the beans, Green Stego. <laughs> Cats out of the bag. Cats out of the bag, Stego. <laughs> um, anyway, uh... I'm looking down at our uh, episode notes here, and I'm seeing uh, somebody mentioned save the date. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Save the date. I have no idea. That's what Destiny said to save the date. Well, Bungie. Oh, Bungie said that? Yeah. Bungie yeah. said save the date. They the, did. The Destiny showcase. Oh, Okay. So that, I guess they're putting out one of their vlogs, one of their state of the games. Oh, okay. All right. And it's, I, I don't, I'm assuming. Oh, right. What is the tagline? Let's say that again. Survive the truth. Survive oh, survive the, the truth. truth. Yeah. Uh, does and that mean that Luke that Smith means. is leaving? He just got promoted. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I Again? I doubt that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, so I, my guess is they're going to talk about the next iteration. Okay. The next big DLC that's coming in the beginning of next year. That would be Witch Queen. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, that's the Witch Queen symbol. An updated Witch Queen symbol. Okay. All right. Keeps changing. Savathun always keeps us guessing. She does. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, some have seen outlines of the veil in this symbol, the statue that you see in some of the raids. Oh, I saw that come up on my Twitter feed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There that might be, might be a little Rorschach going on. Yeah. You know what I see? It's a little trick of the eye for me. Yeah. You see I a see, W? No, for I don't which? see a W. I see, um, you know, when you descend into the tower and you've got the marble carving of the three guardians? I see the hunter right there in the middle. I see that in the, the logo of uh, 
Again, mm, I'm going to call Rorschach on mm. that. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly what I think if you imbibe certain substances, you'd see a lot more <laughs> in, in this symbol. <laughs> um, Absinthe. <laughs> oh, Solstice of Heroes. Somebody mentioned. Wow. Mm-hmm. I. You know what? I. I said <laughs> typical fashion. I said. Yeah, I might take a break. It seems like it's the same as it's always been, and I've got other games I'm working on, and other a lot of projects going on uh, in our family lives right now. And so <laughs> I got sucked in as soon as I saw there was no trials component or requirement to getting those glows. So I was like, ah, I'll do it. I'll. So I dove in. All three characters. I've got. Uh, you know, fully to the end, I think I've got all the glows except for the raid. Got to ha- we have to do the raid. Um, and my Titan all characters. No, yeah. Well, the, when you the glows are sort of account wide, so if you already have the armor for your other characters, oh, they so automatically get the, the glows. Armor for the other characters first. Oh, you right. You only need to get the. Um, the glows the glow, one time. The on one character, one you can time. choose your favorite. Right. Okay. Yeah. So my main character's been getting the glows. I um, found I've done a little bit of the grind. I unlocked the magnificent armor. I haven't gotten the glows for it yet, mm-hmm. and the it was very doable. Like other yeah. past seasons, I haven't been able to keep up with it, and um, I did appreciate just more. Because it's, it's just a summer event. It doesn't need to be overly grindy. grindy. Yeah, it's right. just I'm a glad they toned it down. Summer I'm... event. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I found the changes to the EAZ very enjoyable. Me too. I agree. It's being able to see 100%. the chests constantly. Uh, that, that was a right. great upgrade. Yeah, um, I actually had a good time just grinding out for the gear and just like um, yeah, me too. Diving into older content a little bit, but just not too much. They don't make you <laughs> hang out and pass. Right, like you don't have to do you like twenty five gambit games or yeah, something exactly, or like, like that. You know, go into blind well and stay there for six hours, and then <laughs> right. Oh, no, right. and and the the cool thing is the multipliers are a little more um, visible now because when you go to Eva Levante, she has those um, buffs, uh, you know, that show mm-hmm. that you've gotten this far on another character, so you get a boost, and it, and just it encouraged me to keep going and knowing I'm going to have to do less each time. So instead, yeah, I, instead of, I think I was right. I think I was watching you soul time and I was sitting on the couch and he's like, Well, I'm on my I can't remember if you were on your second or third character and the requirement was like ten of something and you did it once and the multiplier was like boom, done. Yep, done. So the multiplier really feeling. is just like if you're interested in doing it on because I didn't really think I was gonna do my alt characters, but watching you like Basically, having to do just everything once, yeah, it makes it seem like oh, that's plus, really not a big deal. If I wanted to, yeah, it's there for plus, you. I, you I know, I enjoy <clears throat> love the um, casual grind. It's like a casual grind as opposed to like true yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm with you. I did the same thing. It's like as soon as I realized there's no trials element, not, not only are there no trials element, there's not really any, there's options outside of Crucible altogether. Like, it's like kill guardians or kill champions. It's like, yeah, well, so, yeah, they gave an alternative. Oh. Yeah, I love that. And we've talked about this on this, we've talked about that on this podcast before, how, how um, it would be, you know, um, I think Stego, I remember mentioning in one of our episodes, he likes the bounties that don't require a certain subclass or don't require a certain weapon, but you just progress faster with it, right? Mm -hmm. If you do use that subclass or the specified weapon, you progress uh, quicker on the bounty, but you still, you know, by getting kills and playing the game, you can still peck away at the bounty. I felt like they did that. They gave... They gave some options in there that were really nice uh, for the Solstice of Heroes. Uh, and there's the EAZ, man. I, I do like the upgrades uh, in there, uh, namely that the chest. It's still a labyrinth for me. I get stuck in the buildings. And I know mm-hmm. the. I think the best advice for the EAZ is stay on the roofs as much as you can, you know, on the rooftops and just fly around yeah. like Mary Poppins. And, Although uh, I will drop say, in when I you mean, need to. I still get frustrated <laughs> with it, but those little um little like floaty elevators that they put. Oh all yeah, that's around, right. I forgot. <laughs> uh, to, for, for someone who's <laughs> they're more trouble than they're worth with my hunter. I know. Yeah, but the hunter is so annoying, but if you get the hang of it, it, it is almost I, needed when I, you're on your hunter yeah i actually found that yeah. if, if instead of going towards the wall if you walk into it sideways facing facing i don't know how to explain it but if you walk in parallel to the wall it's up straight against, into it rather than walking um, perpendicular towards the wall into it you go parallel to the wall i found i i was able to have a lot more success with the hunter that way anyway that's just me i guess I definitely had more luck when I um, held on to my jump and just let it launch me and make sure that it was fully done launching me before I used my jump. You because if yeah. I use my jump too soon, it just cancels that. It canceled out it. Yeah, I noticed that. Down. Yeah. That was <laughs> annoying. <laughs> but but I, I do say I'm up on, I can get up on the roofs a, a lot easier now that those things, those are available. I just have memories of like last yeah. year trying to get on top especially when the <laughs> boss is on the roof and i'm like just spending my whole time just trying to get there while everybody else is doing dps yeah, I still mostly just do that <laughs> um, so. AD, but I, I, it's fine i don't yeah um yeah, just... and and, in, and the grind for it is it's like you don't have to do it that much like you just just enough to not get really tired of it and it's nice to have an alternate I said that la- um, last time. It's kind of nice to have like just a little alternate thing to do if you feel like it. Um, quick shout out to um, content creator Mactix, whose short video, very short, short and sweet video on um, efficiency in getting your solstice armor. Um, also, he has a link in. I'll link to his YouTube uh, video. In his YouTube description, there is a link to a spreadsheet that he made. I know there's been spreadsheets in the past, and there's probably other spreadsheets out there. 
checklist style or whatever, but his was particularly useful for me personally. He gave an order into which to do things that would, you know, sort of kill, you know, um, multitask efficiently in getting the armor. So a shout out to him. Uh, he did a, a really good job on that, I thought. Um, yeah. Uh, what about uh, other news or other recent happenings? There's been some uh, announcements about Vanguard reputation changes coming to Zavala, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm excited about the upcoming change for it. Um, I don't know about anybody else here, but I certainly have a horde of Vanguard tokens, which the idea of turning those in is definitely feeling like a chore. Like I am yeah, not you don't get anything get... from them. You don't need to really do it if you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's nice to have the money from it, the legendary marks from everything that yeah. I'm going to dismantle. Um, True. But that's really it. Yeah. Um, overall things sound very promising. I I really like where they're going with balancing just getting in and playing the game versus oh I've got to get these bounties and do, finish all these bounties. I like how they're kind of splitting the difference there between the importance of a bounty uh, in that they're they're reducing bounties to be XP only. So they're not like you know I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like it's it's they're catering to my play style personally with, with these changes and, and also offering us those materials too to, to masterwork and, and build and do some build crafting with. So, uh, heck yeah. Yeah. I, I like that it's streamlined and it's a little more uniform. So you just know based on what you're doing. Um, how far along you're going to progress. It's just. Yeah. Um, before we get to our um, discussion of what we've been using recently in the paracasual loadouts, uh, a quick shout out to our um, clan mate and good friend, uh, Richard, AKA ghost. Today's his birthday. So uh, happy birthday, Richard. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Richard. Richard. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Richard. Happy birthday to you. All right, I think that's enough of that. He's getting his birthday beats today, no doubt, as soon as his brother wakes up. So, um, yeah, moving right along here, it is time for our first... Gosh, I wonder, do we have any more? Do we have any more birthday beats here for Richard? Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, there's the... It's time for... Paracasual Loadouts. Yeah, it's time for our discussion of loadouts when everybody's been... Using recently, um, Sally Bug. Um, 
Well, I mean, for the armor, obviously been keeping the Solstice armor on for the most part, just to um, efficiently get all of the things I need to get done, done. Um, but I have been using, for the most part, Anarchy with the Breach and Clear because... Anarchy is going to get nerfed soon, and I'm just mm -hmm. taking advantage of it before it goes away. Plus, the breach and clear is crazy good. Um, and outside of that, as a heavy, um, been really enjoying all sorts of scout rifles. Nightwatch, Vision of Confluence. Um, I just got the Hung Jury. A couple of days ago, so I'm having fun with that. I had something I needed to do where I needed scout rifles and arc, and so I got put on Eternal Blazon or Bla oh, yeah, Blazon. Yeah, a good scout rifle. And was enjoying that one as well. So just scout rifles in general. Those were I really kind of my go-to back in D1, and now that they, I feel like in a better place at least in pve mm -hmm. um, and outside of that chroma rush i have man you were like rocking that in the uh, pvp i saw rush. yeah yeah it's pretty much um kind of my like i have been picking that for the most part in my primary slot a lot of the time and That's if I'm good... not doing Chroma Rush, um, Fatebringer. Mm -hmm. So those are mine. Yeah. Nice. Um, I gotta say, uh, has anybody else felt uh, done some PvP since the hand cannons got nerfed, the one twenties? It's oh no, I haven't. I've watched some uh, streams and stuff, and checked out some videos. It's kind it of seems pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of refreshing to not be being too tapped by those things uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, I mean, you and I had a session. I think we were just trying to go for the pinnacle, like do the three yeah. games to yeah. get the pinnacle. And I got to say, it was it was refreshing to be killed by something other yeah, than Yeah, just to a see different weapons rusher. being used was nice. You know, when you see what, right. you, were, what you were killed by. It's like, oh wow, that he's using that. All right. Every uh, time they shake up the the meta a little bit like that, it's like that first week or two afterwards yeah. before right before things settle down and yeah, someone's and people figured find out, out the most the, efficient meta okay, again. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's we're in that kind of phase right now and it's it's been great to kind of have that fun with it. It It'll settle down into something else and, and people will figure it out yeah. again. But this is a, it's a first couple of weeks is makes crucible way more tolerable. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tr treat uh, this paracasual loadout segment as a confessional. Uh, I went into the override missions with my hunter I, as my alt character to get, get the solstice armor requirements done in there and um i put on quick fang which is the hunter sword right. and that's the one where you know when you sprint the sword goes down by the hunter's side and they sort of lean mm -hmm. forward and run really fast 
It's kind of fun. Yeah, like an anime run. It's like the yeah. anime run, exactly. And so I was just cleaning up, and then I realized I was one of those, you know, hunter punks with a sword, like stealing everybody's kills. It was amazing. <laughs> hunter punks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's putting it lightly. Yeah. Well, I'm keeping it family I, I friendly. If we're, all, if we're all going to confess, I'll say I'm the hunter punk with Wither Horde and Override <laughs> taking everybody's kills. <laughs> nice. There's, there's like every time there's, there's always one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah at least, one, at like, least one. <laughs> Got to get those seasonal Override challenges done. Where it's just like the, gr- <laughs> the ground is just Wither Horde everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's need to nerf it. it. <laughs> the game great. mode is well, just one giant with wither horde pool. The breathing kids too. It's just crazy <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody, uh, Stego? Do you have any uh, things that you've been uh, fond of lately? Last couple of weeks, uh, I have had the solstice gear equipped, so I haven't been using a lot of. Um, like builds really because I right. haven't invested in them to upgrade them. I think we can Basically, all attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Basically, <sighs> I like to, if I can, I like to have a special ammo breach loading grenade launcher uh, with blinding grenades. Oh yeah. If Those I can, mm, love I like me some those. blinding grenades. Yeah, I have a truth teller with blinding grenades that I use quite a bit. Yep. A what? Truth teller? Truth teller. Truth teller. Well, there you go. Ruth teller? Survive the truth. (laughs) Survive the truth. Um, Okay. uh, You know what? It's time for our next segment uh, in the podcast. Uh, Those who love the podcast are familiar with it. Those who don't are also familiar with it. Paracasual Destiny Podcast presents Eva Levante's Coffee Boutique. I could use some coffee. Yeah, we could all use some coffee in our lives, especially in the morning time. Uh, what's everybody drinking? We've got a hot mocha here. Yeah. Brewed right <laughs> in our own in-house cafe. Nice. nice. Oh, in-house cafe, isn't that nice? Well, we we recently had to move our coffee setup to the living room. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of like a cafe, like little little area over there. Oh, nice. I like it. it it's very cute. Station? Yes. It's awesome. Our um, kitchen was just too small for... The amount of coffee we had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The, <laughs> it's a nice setup, but it does take up a lot of space if you don't have a lot of co- counter space. Um, well, now, now I know so, I've got something special in my cup this morning. Yes, yeah, Sultime and I are 
drinking um, again from our local coffee roaster, Carpe Diem, and I tried a new blend. They call it Michelangelo's blend. I'm going to read their quote, a work of art and you don't have to finish the ceiling or choke on marble dust to enjoy this artistically balanced brew. Coffees from around the world, French roasted Kenyan, Indonesian, Java, and Costa Rican. And it does not disappoint. It sounds as good. It tastes as good as that It sounds. actually lives up to that hype completely. And then some. And a little bit of a of a flavor, car- caramel hazelnut flavoring added to that as well. Just makes it delicious. Yeah, it's a delicious treat. All right. Uh, now that we've gotten uh, Eva Levante's Coffee Boutique out of the way, uh, a fan favorite. Get it together now for Green Stego's Mod Academy. It's time for uh, the Mod Academy. Stego? All right, y'all. Last time we had a rundown on the Warmind cells. Today we're going to focus on another suite of mods that fit into those uh, combat mod slots in your armor sets be charged with light mods so these charged with light mods were first introduced in season of dawn Mm. when we rescued uh saint 14 from the uh, infinite forest and uh they Updated them with another suite of mods in Season of Arrivals. And between those two and some other crossover mods um, where you can like get charged with light with Warmind Cells, uh, it's a very powerful build right now. And uh, if you've been thinking about experimenting with it, but you've been confused about uh, how it all works, let's dive in. So the green, if you see a mod that has like a green emblem on it, a green symbol, then that means that that is something that builds charged with light um, buffs. And you've, if you've been uh, playing with these at all, um, then you'll see you get this buff that says charged with light. And that doesn't by itself mean or do anything. You have to mm-hmm. have another mod that tells your character like what does being charged with light actually do and those mods are colored yellow Mm -hmm. Gotcha. so we've got like a if you're just thinking about experimenting with charged with light one of my go-to's is using taking charge where uh picking up an orb of power makes you charged with light and then the high energy fire mod, uh, where you get a bonus to weapon damage when you're charged with light. And anytime you defeat a combatant, you lose a stack of charged with light. So that was uh, anytime I'm like not really like sure what kind of like build I want to go into, but I don't want to think about it too hard. 
that's the build that I go with. And then there are a couple other mods that you can uh, splice into it. But these mods are nice because they're actually, um, they're not affiliated with any element. So you can put them into any armor that you like. Mm. Just taking charge and high energy fire can slot into any armor, whether it's arc, solar, or void. Full disclosure, so that's pretty much all I do. <laughs> there are some the, other really the, nice the ones. The taking charge and the um, high fire one on mm. one of my characters, so... Uh, They're nice. Quick question for you, Green Stego. And you may or may not know the answer to this, but if you're sporting that green taking charge mod and your super is full and you run over an orb of power, does it build? Yes. Do you become charged with light at that it, point? You or pick up that orb of power it does not give you any super energy well no because if, um, if it's full if it's yeah you'll know that from like doing um raids and if you rally to the flag but then someone makes an orb you can instantly get charged with light right okay mm -hmm. so it still works even though you're full also contrarily if you're doing some kind of raid activity where say you want to have a bunch of people just um say three warlocks who are standing in the same area and casting their um ward of dawn super um well of radiance you have that chart well of radiance yes, yes well of radiance um and you have your your super ready to go but you're killing like goblins or something <laughs> um and that reduces your charge with light and then you can uh basically waste some orbs of power. Gotcha. So, That's important to, yeah. to note. Yeah, because situationally, it could be it could be a negative, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That that answers my question and then some. Thank you. So if you're trying to stockpile um, orbs of power and you are holding onto your super at the same time, then taking charge may not be the one for you. But there's a there's a whole bunch of different ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, long-time listeners will know that we've briefly touched on how before Armor Update 2.5, they had some, like, weapon affiliations with um, the elements. Like, Auto Rifle Reloader was a solar mod. And these kind of relationships and connections kind of live on in these charge with light mods mm -hmm. as well as with the um the vault of glass raid mods which i personally don't have any of but they have there's some similar um overlap there which i think is pretty nice and pretty interesting but um there's like a couple themes there that is nice and uh, you should be aware of. And another one of the nice things about these charge with light mods is there's like a little bit of everything. So if you don't have, like, let's say you were interested in that Warmind Cell build that we were talking about last time, but you didn't have a full suite of solar armor. Your armor is kind of like all over the place. Charge with light is uh, built right for you. Because there's a little bit of everything for 
each of these um, categories. Mm -hmm. The solar ones can increase the um, the number of charges that you can have. So normally you can only pick up up to two charges of charge with light. But if you have the solar mod either uh, charged up or supercharged, then you can increase those stacks that you're able to hold up to a maximum of five. And there's a void one, stacks on stacks, which is a favorite of mine. Anytime you would gain a stack of charge with light, you gain an extra one. And then there's something kind of tricky, kind of weird with all the arc ones. This is like unique to the arc brand of these, but they do this like chaining thing together where if you have multiple of the arc mods for charge of light, they have a secondary effect that gets enabled. And so they like to chain together. I'm not sure I understand that. Give me, do you have an example of that? Yes. So there's a mod, Powerful Friends. It's an arc mod. When you become charged with light, nearby allies also become charged with light. Okay. Um, and so that's its primary perk. But if you have another arc charged with light mod, then it adds a secondary benefit to that. And for this one, it's plus 20 mobility. Yes, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, it's great. And so we don't really have time to go into all of those, but that's um, something that you can see in... Uh, it, uh, I got an image of it in the next slide where it shows the secondary perk um, grayed out. Mm, the plus 20 mobility, right? The plus 20 mobility. There it is. There it is. So you can see this person does not have another um, arc mod equipped. But right. if they did, then that plus 20 mobility would be colored in. And that would be that would enable the other secondary perk. And some of those secondary perks are very strong, very nice. Um, something like uh, increasing the damage resistance that you have while sprinting greatly increasing handling speed of shotguns and fusion rifles, granting a chance to drop special ammo for your allies. Like some, some of them are really nice. Mm. I gotta believe there's um, a low percentage of the player base that takes advantage of these things. Yeah. And with the, these arc mods like specifically powerful friends and there's another one radiant light another arc one uh where you can like start you can give each other charge with light builds it's um it pays to kind of coordinate with your teammates in this build in this way so you can like all coordinate your builds and all have uh charge with light mods to give yourself an edge <laughs> um, and let's close out with some of my favorite mods from uh, this suite of Charge with Light mods. I got one of each. 
I'm just going to focus on the payoff mods, the uh, the yellow ones that use the charge with light. Mm-hmm. My favorite generic one is high energy fire. While charged with light, gain a bonus to weapon damage. A really nice solar one is this grenade one. If you're going for a grenade build, uh, firepower, whenever you use your grenade, it consumes one stack of charge with light and gives you back, I think it's about half of your grenade energy. Oh, nice. So it cuts down the cooldown in half. Um, my favorite arc is reactive pulse while you're charged with light and you're surrounded by enemies and you get damaged, you can emit a burst of damaging arc energy. So if you're getting swarmed with like, um, thrall or something, then the reactive pulse can take them all out. Hmm. It reminds and me because it's all- it reminds me yeah, of the elemental empowerment that's in solstice like when you build up enough charge you start mm, emitting yeah. that i think the solar one does that you just didn't yeah the solar yeah. anything that comes near you just dies <laughs> yeah it's pretty great yeah the reactive pulse one um also because it's arc it has a secondary effect and its secondary effect is when you do a finisher it gives you an overshield oh okay but that but unlike other finisher mods, it doesn't cost any super energy. Oh, nice. They need to get rid of that penalty. I don't like yeah, that. I, I don't use those mods because I, I can't stomach losing some of my super, you know? I hear that. I hear that. And my favorite void one, which is a mod I don't have... I'm waiting for it to come back. Mm-hmm. It was. I'm waiting for Ada to sell it. Protective light. While you're charged with light, you gain significant damage resistance. When your shields are destroyed, when you go down to low health, blinking red bar, it consumes all your stacks of charge with light and gives you 50% damage bonus. Wow. Uh, that, damage. Could, that could be an amazing one in PvP. Very frustrating for the opponent. Yeah. Thinking they have uh, you, and then all of a sudden, they don't have you. What mm-hmm. is going on? The game's it's bugged. Also a, a game changer in uh, PvE as well for mm-hmm. if you're raiding and you're having a hard time staying alive, which we do. Yeah, Protective we do. Light might be the one to go with. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I have all these mods, and I never think about using them or really delving in and seeing what they do. And 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 then you uh, some some of them are worth adjusting your playstyle for. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like if you've got like a build that you want to try, um, like a grenade heavy build or you really like chroma rush and you want to like amplify your chroma rush or something. Mm-hmm. There's, there's probably a way to tie in these, uh, charge with light mods to give you a boost. All right. 
Thank you so well, I've much. I've never done a charge with light build, and I don't plan to. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I got to give it a shot. Yeah, I enjoy charge with light. Only doing the taking charge one, but now I'm like interested in like taking a look at some of those others and yeah. and play around with them. You yeah. may want to miss chroma rush over there. You may want to try um the solar mod sustained charge. Is chroma rush solar? Is it considered solar? No, that's not how it works. No, it goes on a solar armor piece. Oh, a solar armor piece. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, okay. Where yeah. if you rapidly defeat combatants with auto rifles, if you just get a double down with your chroma rush, that'll charge you with light. Wow, easy to do, in a, especially in a like an override or some other multiple enemies around, like Altars of Sorrow or so forth. Fun. Heck yes. And fun. Definitely going to give that a go. Thanks, Stego. Thank you. My pleasure. And uh, now, moving on, it is time for our next segment. Paracasual Destiny Podcast presents... Touch of Grimoire. Touch of Grimoire with Sallybug. Sallybug, what do you have for us this week? Well, since Solstice is well on its way, um, we're in the middle of the second week, and I think it's three weeks long. Is that right? Mm -hmm. um, and all of the solstice armor has lore attached to it. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about the lore that's in this, in this armor. Um, all of the armor sets, the hunter set, the Titan set and the warlock set um, are centered around Ido. And Ido is, if you remember the daughter of Mithrax. Um, I don't know. We talked about this in the past about how you can go around the um, the encampment, the Elixni encampment, and get the lore. And all of that is Ido talking. And um, each one, each set, kind of focuses on a different aspect of of her. The Warlock set is her gathering hatchlings of the encampment or you know, the hat gathering around the hatchlings and storytelling and telling them stories. And so all the different stories are they're kind of like almost fable esque in that they um, like tell stories that for instance i think one of them tells the story of a um a hatchling that's born with six arms instead of four arms and how that hatchling kind of overcame its differences um 
don't want to go into a too much of all of those, I highly recommend, of course, going into all of those armor sets. And if you don't have each, if you don't have character, all three characters, or have the Solstice armor for all three characters, you can get all of that lore from my favorite go-to, which is Ishtar Collective. Um, just search up the name of the sets. So I believe the Warlock set is called the Celestine and the Hunter set is called the Illuminous and the Titan set is called the Sunstead. So just look up those three words on Ishtar Collective. They'll come right up and go ahead and, and give those readings a go. Um, we're going to, I'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what the other two sets do, but I wanted to, Stego to read the story that, that comes from the boots of the warlock, the Celestine boots. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. So take it away, Stego. The hatchling whose mother was a catch. Ido surveyed her audience. The smallest hatchlings were beginning to doze off, leaning against the lower arms of their clutch mates. But the oldest among them were eager for one more tale. There once was a hatchling, Ido began, whose mother was a catch. Several of the hatchlings exclaimed in disbelief. <gasps> waking the dozing youngsters who roused to listen. Her egg was kept warm and safe inside the catch's vent shaft, and once the hatchling was ready to come out, Ido mimed breaking free of inside of an egg. The catch landed right in the middle of a battle. The hatchlings leaned forward, some clambering over others. Awoken and Elixni traded fire, she continued, waving all four hands for emphasis. Explosions shook the ground. The banners of great houses burned. Many were lost. One hatchling let out a thin, protracted squeak. But in the middle of the battle, cleaving his way through the enemy, was a vandal. He heard the catch's call and ran toward it. When he entered the catch, he discovered the hatchling, ruling the tiny vent shaft. He took the hatchling far away from the battle and raised her as his own. He taught her the ways of the light, and in time, she grew to be a scribe for the wisest Kel in the galaxy. The older hatchlings exchanged glances and reveled in a sort of quiet joy, a shared secret. Unlike their smaller peers, they were worldly enough to make the connection between Ido and her story. Remember, she concluded, the light always provides, no matter where we come from, or who our parents are. So, um, I will reference us back to lore that we have actually done on the Pair Casual Destiny podcast in the past, which was the lore from the rocket launcher Truth. I'm just going to read a little bit from that. Um, if you recall that um, this is 
Mithrax as when he was still a vandal and being a and was um had Sir Ido as um kind of his captain so to speak I forget exactly we we came at like because he calls her something in particular and we and I think it was romance girl who looked up what that word was <laughs> But at any rate, I'm going to read just a little bit from that lore. As he's about to abandon a ruined devil's skiff when he hears a faint hiss from inside a ventilation shaft, clamors up to peer into the grate, to its grate, and sees four wary eyes shining back at him, a hatchling still soft and translucent with its egg molt. Carefully, he pries the gate open and beckons her. Blisk. He murmurs, and Kimarak falls into his palm, and his heart surges. So that was kind of, the, I think, the end of the that lore from Truth, and now we got verification from the lore of the Celestine boots that that indeed that hatchling was indeed Ido, and that Ido is Mithrax's adopted daughter of you know, him rescuing her from a battlefield. So I thought that was kind of fun and cool. And uh, another way for Destiny, of course, to tie tie in some previous lore and, and get those stories. Didn't we already have... Sorry if... Uh, Go ahead. Uh, did we not already have confirmation that she was raised by Mithra? Like... Oh, yeah, we knew that Ida was raised by Mithrax for sure, but it, it's just more tying in those two pieces of lore that the hatchling that he found in, on the battlefield in truth is indeed the hat is indeed Ido. I thought there was made. like no question. <laughs> I thought that right. was already like just all but confirmed. I right. But um, it just, you know, for the, for those who aren't as fully engrossed in the story, I felt like it, it gave that and it, a good that a final connection. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so the rest of the armor, the hunter armor um, is all about her uh, is all about Ido becoming a scribe from getting a having either a nightmare or a visitation from the Tekkens when she's a hatchling. And Tekkens, if you... Tekkens? Tetchians? How do you pronounce that? Tishun. Tekkian. Tekkian. Like the hard sea. So like the Tekkians are kind of like the historians or the scribes of the Awoken. Mm -hmm. And so she has like this... Uh, um, not one of the lore is her having kind of this visit, either a visitation or a nightmare that involves the Techians. Um, there's another piece where, um, Mithrax is trying to teach her the ways of the splicer and her just like not being able to do it and saying, this is not for me. And then, um, realizing going along her path to become a scribe to become that that and she also in some of the lore um she actually does go to the techians um as as a 
an older um, Elixni, and she goes to Varix and learns from him, who, if you didn't know already, is also a scribe. Um, mm. And um, we're just observing, you know, around her because that's what scribes do, is they observe and chronicle. Um, and then the Titan um, armor set is all about that observation, is her observing. Um, mostly Guardians, I believe. I, I read those last night. I don't have that set, so I read them off of Ishtar Collective, and I don't quite remember all of it. Some of it is actually quite humorous. I would um, I'd recommend it as well. Um, but it's her uh, doing some observing and chronicling. Um, the lives of, I think, mostly guardians, like of their their new companions, like their new sort of neighbors, would you say? As um, so, and stuff, interesting stuff. Awesome. And that's it. All right. Thank you, Sally. We appreciate it, and um, love it. Yeah, loving the lore and uh, in keeping with um, the Solstice of Heroes season, we have our next segment uh, based on an important figure as well. The host of the festivities. Sound check. Destiny. Sound check. You're correct if you thought Eva Levante. And today we uh, celebrate the voice behind Eva Levante. Uh, one Nika Futterman. And Nika Futterman is um, like a lot of the voice actors that Bungie has enlisted uh, for our game um, is just sort of this um, versatile, uh, crazy, um, you know, multi-talented uh, individual. She's an actress, a singer. Uh, an accomplished poker player, um, and of course, voice artists that uh, provided the voice of many characters across many uh, cartoons, um, TV series, films, and of course, video games. She, um, one of her most notable roles is as uh, Asajj Ventress in the Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, but the television series. And the film. Uh, her video game credits are endless. And I could spend, uh, you know, 20 minutes just reading them off. Uh, but I was surprised at how many of the games she was involved with are the ones that I played back in the late 90s and and early 2000s. You know, during the, the days of the, the original PlayStation and Dreamcast and, and games like that. Um um, so I'd like to, uh, listen to, uh, Nika herself talking about her approach to coming up with a voice for a character. There's a couple of things that happen. You always get a description of a character. Sometimes it's really sussed out. 
Most of the time it's not. And sometimes you get a picture of the character. So with a picture and the description, I use the visual thing because sometimes what happens is like maybe the character's bigger. And so physically you need to sound bigger. Sometimes they're older, sometimes they're really young, sometimes they're tiny. So those physical things are really important cues into what the character might sound like. Although it's sometimes funny to go opposite of like, look, opposite of what you think she'd sound like. Because then that's gonna stand you apart from everybody else who's auditioning who made it sound exactly like the cute bird that you'd imagine. Do something different. Maybe you may book the job. <laughs> so she's talking about uh, her approach there. And um, it's it's worth noting uh, that we know her best as um, our beloved space granny, Eva Levante, right? Uh, here she is uh, greeting us this year for the uh, Solstice of Heroes. Hello again. I've been hearing about all you've done for this city. People are talking. We've all lost so much since the Red War. But we can't let that stop us from celebrating what we have and the guardians who keep us safe. I talked to Agora, and this year we have something special. A way to honor all the inspiring stories you've given the world. Go now, relive your glory. And friend, have a happy solstice. All right, yes. Happy solstice, everyone. Uh, thank you, Nika, for, for giving us one of the most um, continuous characters. But um, also, she seems to show up whenever there's celebration. And um, wow, has she really captured the, the sort of grandmother um, role there? What's amazing to me is that... Um, uh, Nika also performed the vocal line Give It To Me Baby on an Offspring hit called uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. So at, ah. the, ri at the risk of <laughs> at the risk of demonetizing this, uh, here's, here's, here's the one and a half second line of her uh, singing that line on the Offspring hit. <laughs> and that about does it for um, this episode's um, sound check, Destiny sound check. So let's uh, let's move on to our final segment here, Destiny media consumption. Oh, what have we been consuming outside the realm of uh, Destiny here? Oh, well, just Destiny, I'll, huh? I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> I mean, outside of Destiny. Um, it, End of the day, relaxing, just mindless TV that we've chosen right now is My Favorite Martian. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a um, sitcom from the, uh, what, late 50s, early 60s? Well, it's not, right? it ran from 1963 to 1966, and it was the, it's noted as the first sci-fi sitcom Ever, if you don't include the 1961 uh, Mr. Ed about a talking horse. I do not. <laughs> we got, um, we kind of got um, interested in it. Um, we were on a um, 
sabbatical. A, a kind of a business trip down to New York, and um, you were t- we were talking with your brother, and he had mentioned it. He brought it up about how the writing is actually quite like it's it's very smart, right? Yeah, it's There's intelligent a lot of, writing. Yeah, it's intelligent yeah. writing. So it it got us curious. So we you know found it. Um, on a IMDB streaming service, actually, and I didn't even know they had one, but they do. And um, and then kind of got sucked in, and it stars a young Bill Bixby. Bix, Bixby? Is that how you pronounce it? Bixby? And, yeah, not to um, be confused with the Bigsby, which is a tremolo bar on a guitar <laughs> and um he was in another another series in the 70s um the incredible hulk playing bruce banner uh david bruce banner they changed his name it to sounds david like we've banner. launched oh, yeah, they a whole other podcast here yeah. It is. So, podcast yeah, within a podcast. <laughs> at, at any rate, that, that's for the most part. We watched um, England lose to Italy. Um, but I had a lot of fun making some traditional English food, including meat pies. Mm. Uh, what else did I? Banoffee oh, pie. Fish and chips. Fish oh, and, and fish chips. and chips, yeah. Fish and chips, meat pies, and then a banoffee pie for dessert. Feel free to chime in if drink. this is offensive to our British audience. Uh, <laughs> no, it's we, we wish we could have sent a piece of the banoffee pie over, although he's probably allergic to it. Yeah. Uh, he's. Did it have nuts? Oh, no, it didn't have any nuts. Oh, in it was nut free. All right. Yeah, no, no nuts. We're all good to go then. Yep. <laughs> All systems go. Banoffee pie. Ship it out. It was really good. It was really good. <laughs> I, I, it was a lot of work, but it was it was a lot of fun to give it a go. I'd never tried fish and chips. The Sally Bug was so. up at six a.m. starting that banoffee <laughs> pie. Toffee is really hard to to make. It's it's a process. It takes a long time. There was a a recipe for just like putting it in the oven and like a, a Ben Marie, so to speak, but I just, and our third podcast has started. This will be a cooking podcast. We'll tell you <laughs> how to make banoffee pie. Well, it qualifies as consumption. I don't know about media consumption. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're making our way through the destiny of... cookbook. That's, that's a book. That's media. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. We... What are we consuming? been watching a lot uh we've been watching craig of the creek um very like probably one of the most wholesome cartoon on television right now mm-hmm. i'd agree oh. with that nice. uh, we watched craig wish of dragon the craig of the creek wish dragon and wish dragon on netflix the Chinese American collaborated animation movie, animated movie. Mm. One of my favorite things about Netflix are these collaborations between these international yeah. collaborations are so cool. My only complaint is that Jackie Uh-oh. Chan was involved with the project and he did the voice 
of uh, the dragon in the Chinese version, but there wasn't an option. There wasn't an, there was obviously a hundred different audio options, but it wasn't obvious, which was the original audio. So we just went with the dub. The dub was very, very well done though. Because again, it was meant for both audiences. So nice. Um, it, it was a very charming movie. I liked it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh, and then we've been watching, um, what's that skit show? I think you should leave. I, I think you should leave also on Netflix. Yeah. You that's some of that. That's pretty genius. I <laughs> 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 <Highly> recommend <laughs> that yeah. to anybody. I think you should leave. That is well worth an investigation. If you like funny stuff. It's just funny. It's very it's funny. funny. It's it's very clever. It's bizarre as well, which we <laughs> yeah. love. We love the bizarre. <sighs> well, I should mention quickly, uh, speaking of international collaborations, oh, this one's just um, a Polish uh, series. Season two of The Mire is out on Netflix. Um and it's great. Season one took place in 1985. Season two takes place in 1997. And um, it's really interesting how they aged the characters, but the place is the same, sort of. Um, the, the, the main character is the town, or the for- more like the forest that's bordering the town that has some really dark secrets from, from World War II. Um, and so, yeah, it's the Mire. It's a Polish noir, I would call it. So if you're a fan of sort of like what I call the Nordic noirs, which, um, you know, Icelandic, Norwegian, uh, sort of film noir series on Netflix, uh, you will like this. The characters are great. The sets are amazing. The acting is top notch. Um, definitely have those subtitles up. And it's The Mire on Netflix. I would recommend it. Is that it? I think we've I got... I think that's it. I think we have another episode in the can, as they say in showbiz. Um, it's probably from film was kept in a can, wasn't it? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Let's see if I can get this to work. Get this in the digital can. Exactly. Nope. Can it, will you? working. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining (laughs) us today. Um, You know. Um, Thank you to the chat. Sure. Uh, Thanks, everybody in the chat, for for tuning in. We broadcast live on YouTube every other Saturday here at 11 a.m. I think we're going to have an off Saturday coming up due to travels. Uh, but you can listen to the podcast anytime on the podcast platform of your choice. You can also follow us on Twitter at Paracasualp. That's it. but if you look up Paracasual Destiny Podcast anywhere out there in the social medias, um, that's pretty much where we are: Twitter and YouTube. Uh, yeah, and look in the description if you feel like emailing us. Anyway, uh, that's it from us, and we will see you. I think in two weeks we may have to move that around a little bit and we will announce that through our social media outlets thanks everybody thanks, thanks a lot bye, bye. Thank you.
later.